Get your hair permed pretty and put on your favorite seal song. We're entering the Ryan Murphy verse this week on Why Do You Know That? Welcome to Why Do You Know That, the party podcast that wants to know why you know so much about a very specific topic. I'm Nadia Osman. I'm Steve Slaga. Hi, Steve. Hi, Nadia. How are you? I <laughs> do you are like you sitting? Baby no, I don't. I don't okay. like it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'll go don't back. change things. Don't sorry, change I'm... things. <laughs> don't change I... things. I'm not used. I'm not ready for change. I mean, seriously, I, I've been as... in a house for a year. Yeah, we've all been in a house for a year. Something that has been uh, running through my head is the idea of going back to being super social. Like the idea of a full calendar again kind of stresses me out. Uh, and I don't think I'm alone in this. I think there's a lot of people out there that are probably going. I, I remember reading, um, there's this thing from New York Mag called The Cut, and they have, you know, one of those ask ask a person questions columns. And their question was basically like, I don't know if I'm ready to get back out there in the world. And uh, I'm like, I kind of relate to this whole, we've all been cooped up in the pandemic. So why should we get out there? Yeah, I get it. Can I tell you something? Can I open What's up that? to you? I yes. got vaccinated yesterday. Woo! Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> I texted my brother, sister, dad, and sister-in-law and just said, got my first shot today. Going to come home and visit uh, in April. Booked a flight for April 15th. Nobody <laughs> responded. No! <laughs> My sister-in-law finally did and was like, so excited you got your shot. Excited to see you. But it's also like, you're like, we're like, no, nobody blood related. None, none of your blood texts yeah, you. Yeah. Never, like, even my dad doesn't want to text me. And, <laughs> oh, Steve, I'm so sorry. No, it's just I've, funny. It's I... funny because, I mean, I don't know how, I, like, I don't. The same thing could happen with them, vice versa, and I probably wouldn't really respond. Or you'd I don't be know. like, "Oh, okay, cool, yeah, whatever." Yeah. No, but it's you want to be, you want uh, a little bit of recognition, you want a little bit of a celebratory dance, as it were, in that moment. Uh, I mean, let's put it this way: you, your family, are they causing drama? I don't know. Could they cause drama? Yes, we know this. All everybody's family can. Could they cause television levels of drama? Hour-long television levels of drama? You know, something incredibly Could I create dramatic. an anthology over this? Yeah, yeah. Is there, there is is there, can Connie Britton get involved in my situation? I, <laughs> Would you say that there's a feud? For the record, What's Connie it? Burton can fit in any situation. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, that was, I mean, it, it felt like it was right there. And then the more I tried to get into that seg, Steve, the more I, f- the more I flustered and failed like Wile E. Coyote falling off a cliff. I loved it. I love that segue. Thank, thank you. I was if- on it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you guys I feel, can stay. I feel if we ever didn't have like a nonsense transition, like if it was like, Oh, I'll tell you one thing, though. I sure felt a lot of uh, glee getting that shot. <laughs> like anyone can do that. We okay, we fair. drag it out and make it uncomfortable. Yeah, that's our whole shtick, making people uncomfortable. We make our guests think that we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> we're, I'm not there yet. 
<laughs> Speaking of our guests, let's bring them in. They are the co-hosts of the podcast, The Ryan Murphy Project. Please welcome Eric Wilson and Andrew Leon. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey. Thank Thanks for, for having us. Thank you for being here. And today, even though I know you guys talk about this all the time on your pod, we will be discussing more specifically the highs and lows of what we're going to lovingly refer to as the RBU, the Ryan Murphy verse. Yeah. Uh, there's because there's a lot of them. We all yep. know this. <laughs> if you are, if you have turned on a television set within the last what decade plus, decade and a half. You have probably seen or heard of a Ryan Murphy show on network or cable or streaming. And boy, do they run the gamut. Sure. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We're excited to talk about it. I mean, listen, we talk about it a lot on the podcast, but we started the podcast because we already talked so much about Ryan and his shows. Sure. So we're like, let's just do a podcast about it. Um, so we, we, there's no uh, lack of material for us. So we're ready. Great. Good. Okay. I, mean, I feel like. Nadia and I have brought up Ryan Murphy on our non-Ryan Murphy podcast so many times <laughs> that we have at least an episode of Ryan Murphy content also, also complete. <laughs> it's just it's sitting there in the vault. He's a hard part of pop culture to avoid shows and his and his and his you know his his group of actors. Well, what sort of way do you bring it up? Like, is it, what is your perspective, I guess? Like when you bring up, is it like a shady? Is it dizzy? Like, I think our, I think it's always our example when we want to like prove a point that like we love disasters and big choices and nonsense. <laughs> yes. Um, and just like, anything like that it'll always be like i i just feel like well we can always talk about ryan murphy is like our go-to response <laughs> sure that's amazing yeah. it's true it's true because uh, uh as steve and i will delve into like i said highs and lows a lot of them because that man makes choices uh yeah. but let's start with you guys as far as highs and lows of ryan murphy's universe why do you know that Hmm. So Andrew and I became friends in college uh, about 10 years ago now. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of the first things that bonded us was watching Glee together. And, you know, we were slowly becoming friends, but then there was like this group that would watch Glee in, in this lobby of one of the dorms uh, freshman year and uh, or sophomore year. And we would watch it together. And then we became friends through that. But then we became <clears throat> obsessed with Ryan, because as we fell in love with Glee, then American Horror Story came out, which was way more our speed. And mm -hmm. especially like, you know, Andrew could speak to it, but I know that's one of his favorite shows. So, um, yeah, we kind of just I, I was I, I don't want to say our friendship formed around Ryan Murphy shows because it formed around so much more than that. But that was a big part of it for us. So we've we following for a while. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's lovely. Uh, I love that. I love when That's, people yeah. bond over one specific piece of pop culture. Um, it's how I feel about friends of mine that uh, we share a love for musical theater or something, you know, similarly where you're going. This isn't why I'm friends with you. This just happened to be a great in to understanding that you're my kind of person. Yeah, exactly. I think and, it's and, also. Oh, God. 
no, just being obsessed with Ryan Murphy. It's it's that's uh, if if two people are, then that's clearly your type of person. So, yeah, and he gives a lot. I mean, because there is yeah. a lot to discuss. Uh, I, I you know, like what we're saying here, it's like there's highs and lows, and then eventually Eric moved to LA, and so then we were just text about it a lot. American Horror Story decisions. Like yeah, we were just we were just texting today about his reveal <laughs> for the next season. It doesn't make sense to me, I guess. It's not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is right. This is the kind of stuff that happens. Ryan Murphy related. So it's called double feature. That's not mm. a theme. Like no. you might as well just okay. call it TV show or like I saw, anthology. Like it's not. I a saw theme. a comment that said like, "Yes, King, give us nothing." You know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's so true. It's so true. Let me set down my Instagram (laughs) countdown because in eight days, Ryan Murphy's going to do nothing. No. Okay. So look, here's my thing. I'm actually, listen, I would say of the 10 seasons, there've been American horror story, every theme reveal. I'm like, all right, dope. Except for cult did Mm. not like cult. Mm -hmm. Um, But for every other, for the most part, I'm like, okay, yes, this is going to be a dope theme. At what point is Ryan going to fuck it up or will it like, you know, pull through like some of the other seasons? And I like the idea of this one because it's double feature because it's two different stories within the same world. And I believe he's releasing two parts, one part this summer and then one part this fall. Oh, so is it possible? So it is a double feature. Is it possible that it's a double feature due to COVID nineteen? I believe that's also okay. a big part of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah definitely. Because got it, got it. Um, they they were filming a little bit before, and then um, yeah, when everyone started filming in Los Angeles, they started filming again, and then they had to get all these sort of uh, filming permits to record in uh, P Town and Providence Town. So I can understand it from a you know a business perspective, but then. I think about it like story wise, like he's done that in many different seasons, having two yeah. seasons within one or three, like Roanoke was or a Roanoke itself. Yeah. So I don't know. But this, I mean, did you see the other leak of the pictures of Macaulay Culkin and Leslie Grossman and then the, the of like the zombie creature in the street? No. Yeah. I thought, oh, yeah. I mean, look, See, look every uh, Leslie Grossman pieces. Okay. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in. You just said Macaulay Culkin, <laughs> Leslie Grossman, and they're a, playing, I think and they're playing love in interest the or in. if it's a Ryan Murphy show. So they might just be like weird brother, sister, which is kind of even better. Honestly, so true. Possibly yeah. both. Possibly. Love and weird yeah, brother. yeah. I'm, I'm down for an incestual brother. Macaulay Culkin and Leslie Grossman for sure. Um, can we, um, maybe like just to take a temperature because everyone enjoys different things about Ryan Murphy. Maybe we should just all say like what like our favorite Ryan Murphy thing is like, so we can kind okay. of just all get an idea. Cause like, sure. if you tell me, Oh, I'm totally into season two of scream Queens, then I'm going to know not an opinion I'm interested in. I'm just trash. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, 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 <laughs> but okay. we, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, 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 that's not going to be it. Well, not now. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, anyone want to go first i personally i really love pose uh i'm kind of i know that he's not necessarily like the guy behind that and maybe that is part of why i like it i believe he's what exec producing and helped write on it but i think it was another creator's vision initially that said um i love i love my period piece uh it's a story that needed to be told and i'm kind of sad that it will end after just three seasons, even though I understand they're like, we've told the story we want to tell. 
etc. That said, there's some crazy shit that happens and me just shake my head and go, Ryan, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan, as <laughs> I watched it, um, particularly in the second season. <laughs> uh, what about you guys? I am a sucker for American Horror Story. I definitely... You know, I, like what we were just talking about, I was like, oh, well, I'm going to watch it, you know, and I watch it to the end and I I like it more because it is American Horror Story, but I just always take it every year. You know, <laughs> my my least favorite things of him are usually his like 1950s, 60s period bullshit. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I allowed to curse on here? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Okay, cool. Because I do. Because I do. Yeah, because that's like a <laughs> weird revisionist sort of like gay white man way of looking at things almost always. And I just like can't get behind that shit. You know, like mm -hmm. it really sure. it really bugs me. Um, so but, something like Hollywood or Ratchet or a feud. Those yeah, ones. so far, none of them have really like made me taste good or they didn't taste good. <laughs> I get it. I made it to the I made it to the opening credits of Feud, which not Feud. I made it to the opening credits of Hollywood where they're all climbing up the Hollywood sign, pushing uh -huh. each other down. And I was just like, this is so stupid. Like, th this could not be more on the nose. Like, yeah, somebody. Yeah, like that. But that's what I think we love about Ryan Murphy is like subtlety. I don't understand. No, thank you. <laughs> I why, would I be, why would I be? Why would I be? I don't know her. I, why would I be subtle? Uh, so are you asking our favorite Ryan Murphy show or our favorite Ryan Murphy thing that he does? Show. Yeah, okay. show or thing that he does, like if it's the prom for sure, you know, don't feel because that's not a TV show. You can't. Show no, 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 no. OK, I, I didn't know if you were asking for like a specific th uh, thing. I would probably say uh, I go back and forth between Glee and American Horror Story. I think Glee mm -hmm. is I think I like Glee more. Um, but uh, I think, yeah, that American Horror Story, at least the early seasons of American Horror Story, um, I think are my are my go to. I'm a big sucker for a musical number though so oh yeah I think oh and does he love like my to favorite thing yeah and does he love to shoehorn those in yeah and i think that's honestly like my favorite bad thing that he does is just like <laughs> put so much music in everywhere and it's like okay fine let's let's listen to some fucking yeah. donna summer all right <laughs> <It> was, whatever <laughs> like, that's the one thing missing from uh the oj simpson trial american crime story was not enough no, because numbers. remember remember when um th like that's what we saw on our show we we call them ryan murphy moments where there's like a thing in each episode where it's like that was either ryan rushing into the writer's room one day and be like let's have her walk into seals kiss from a rose when she gets her hair cut <laughs> right before the big trial and it's like oh okay that's the ryan murphy moment of the episode you know so we always call those out um but usually they're like a music cue is like a is like a big ryan murphy moment yeah. yeah, I just, you know, there's part of me that thinks somewhere on a editing cutting room floor, there's a whole bit they did where Ryan convinced John Travolta to like do a song and dance number just <laughs> in the courtroom. Just cut like no actual reason didn't happen. And uh, everybody fought him along the way and was like, we're not doing that moment because uh, yeah that he did sandra d replace with oj's name <laughs> <laughs> it just happens so often we're out of out of nowhere there will be such a contrived excuse to have a particular broadway star that has been hired to suddenly burst out into song and it's yeah. like this is lovely it's great to hear them why is this happening within the context of the story and episode that was like there were full episodes of Pose, and I, I love Pose. I watch all of Pose. Pose is great. 
in many ways, but there would be episodes where like the full episode would only be leading to an excuse for Billy Porter to sing a song. Mm-hmm. And it was just, so nothing, so nothing, all of this is only just building up to this musical number. And I always liked that. Like, um, like when Sandra Ber- Bernhard put on the AIDS benefit and it was just called AIDS benefit. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And it was just all an excuse to get um, MJ Rodriguez and Billy Porter to sing, which is like, cool. Like people are throwing boatloads of money at you to do what you do. So yeah, of course. Like, I mean. But also maybe there's a story to tell that doesn't just involve people suddenly breaking out into highly choreographed numbers in a rundown Mm -hmm. hospital. I think he's... I think he's so used to Glee using music just to push the narrative forward. Like in in one music video of Glee, you could change a whole whole plot line for somebody. Um, And he would use that all the time to quickly push things forward. So I feel like uh, he's he still tries to have Ben Platt sing Vienna as the finale of Politician, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, from your perspective, when that shit happens, like, are you like, oh, come on, Ryan? Because maybe I'm just like a little like um, used to it or something at this point. Because then, you know, uh, we watched what was that show, Eric, with Ben Platt that I don't politician. like? The politician. Yeah, he sang at the funeral, and I was like, you know, hit that thirty, hit that thirty. I'm not dealing with it. But I don't yeah. have a reaction. <laughs> I don't have a reaction to it anymore. So when you watch it, you're like, oh, this is so fucking Ryan. Is that like kind of what you're saying? Yeah, for me at least, those moments in particular, I feel like they're they are at once highs and lows. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how that's possible, but they are. You're absolutely I'm- right. That's what he can do. <laughs> the high is like mm. we got Patty Lupone to sing a ballad on this episode of Pose. The low is the (laughs) bending over backwards while jumping hurdles that are on fire to make it make sense that this woman is here singing this song. And the reason she's singing the song is so that she can kick out the main character. Sorry, that's a spoiler. I don't want to spoil post. Well, I mean, the real main reason is because, hey, everybody, look who's on set. It's Patti Lapone. Right. So it's this thing where I go, if uh, you know, for me, I think story first and then who are these characters and then who's going to suit these best. And even if you can get your your favorite, most talented triple threats to do it, should they be applying their triple threat at triple speed in triple time mm. on your triple cocaine show? So like... <laughs> Steve, I'm sorry. I feel like we skipped over you. For you, I know you, you're you an American Horror Story person, Oh, yeah. Um, I would say American Horror Story. I'm going to specify. This might be... This is this is where things might get testy between all of us, but my favorite American Horror Story season is 1984. I've watched it twice. And I watched Nip Tuck as it aired, and I will always have a special place mm-hmm. in my heart for mm-hmm. every the, the, the nonsense that went on. If you want to see Julian McMahon fuck a woman off of a balcony to her death, then Nip Tuck is the show for you. <laughs> <laughs> I also watched Nip Tuck as it airs way too young because I really loved Kristen Troy, and I thought he was just so hot. 
And and so I I remember yeah so many crazy soap opera things. Eric hasn't watched it all. I, oh, I know. No, I'm I'm watching as we as we do for the show. Okay, then but I, I mean, won't. I won't. No, spoil. no spoilers and yeah. fucking off the balcony. I mean, oh, not, <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I figured. I mean, listen, it was in the pilot already, so I figured. Yeah, yeah. Someone's gonna get fucked off the balcony. And there's the a lot of there's show. lots of sex in that show. Definitely. The idea yeah. that now, anytime someone's on a balcony while you watch Nick <laughs> Nip Tuck, you really like, is this it? It's like, <laughs> is this it? This is, is this the moment? it? A lot closer. of balconies in Miami. Oh, the kid, they're making out. This is gonna be. Uh, oh, no, get away from the door. <laughs> it wasn't. Wait, this oh, they went back and, outside. And going back to Nip Tuck, or even before that, he had popular. But like, I think what really makes a Ryan Murphy show work um, is the actors. Like, you need a Sarah Paulson, an Evan Peters, uh, an uh, uh, um. God, what's her name? Uh, Bates. Jessica Lang. Jessica Lang. Kathy also, Bates. yeah. Kathy Bates. I couldn't remember Kathy Bates' name. Um, Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett. I was saying, what's her name? Bates. While I was thinking of Angela Bassett. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking Angela Bates. I felt but, it. like, yeah, good. Yeah, you felt that. But like, they sell it in ways that like yeah. under-trained yeah. or like less talented performers could sell it. And like, there are so many things like Sarah Paulson feeding. Um, Alice and Pill poison spaghetti, and it's just like, this is so good. She is so yeah. good at this. She should have two. They should just make an honorary Sarah Paulson Ryan Murphy Emmy because <laughs> the way they sell th- it to me is what's. I think there are like the early moments of Ryan Murphy shows where like Jessica Lang was winning the Emmy every year for American Horror Story, and then Sarah Paulson was winning for that and, and American Crime Story. And I think there were like these moments where they're like these these elevated television performances where they're like, okay, next season you're going to play this, this woman who's like, and it's like a crazy weird assistant. That's going to kill everybody. Like, like you, she, she, I think they, they, they realize the payoff of doing these good, you know, quality caliber roles versus these like wacky off the wall. Like, does this even make sense? Kind of character. I feel like that's why he keeps them around is because they're willing to do both. Oh yeah. Well, uh, and, oh, and we say a lot, like, because of the problematic writing that he has, whether it be purposeful or just to like kind of make you laugh or think about it, like can cannot be delivered in a subtle, even a subtle quote unquote way if it wasn't for the actors or actresses that were delivering the line too. Like, like you know, like Jane Lynch and Glee, like what she actually said when you write it down is so horrible yeah. or Jessica Lange or Patty or any of these like really you know, like fierce women delivering these crazy lines would be really lost on anyone not at that level. Or even Nene Leakes. In, in yeah, well, that's right. <laughs> you in better normal. mention Nene Leakes. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, right. The new normal. Oh, yeah. It's oh, very God. true uh, that you need a specific kind of actor to be able to do the version that I think he wants you to do within these shows. Um, Mm -hmm. When I watched The Boys in the Band, which is obviously not his work, it's just um, he, what, produced and directed it? Uh, I think think actually he just I don't think he directed it. it. Um, To me, it's still, it's weird because even though that is a, a seminal LBGTQ work, it is like a very necessary work. The fact that like he threw his money behind that and said, let's produce a version with all these uh, amazing actors put it up on Netflix. 
there's a part of me that was watching it just being like, this now feels like it's a Ryan Murphy thing, even though it's yeah. not, even though I'm well aware that like the lines being delivered and the contents of the play are very much coming from, I mean, it came out in 68, 69, something like that. Like it, it still felt like a Ryan Murphy shindig because there were just over the top bits and it's not even him it's just, just the fact that he's attached to it. And it's like you said, I feel like he just walks in one day on set and it's like, uh, what if uh, we have this insane thing happen just during? And it's like, uh, okay. And like, nobody's going to argue with the guy. We're, yeah. we're filming the all naked sex party for today's uh, Hollywood episode. There's no script for an all naked sex party. Yeah. There is now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, Jimmy, Jimmy Parsons, can you just uh, take it from wherever you're at an eight to a 14? Thanks. Just do that for the rest of the time you're on set. Like it, it just feels like no matter what he touches, it's going to create a high or a low. And maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I'm wrong. No, especially but that's with that so, you're right. And that's what's so like specific. I feel to Ryan Murphy is like the highs and lows sometimes are the same. Like it's both a high and a low. <laughs> yeah now was there a moment where you where you became so critical of, of ryan's choices or what do you think it was just a part of growing up and realizing what like sometimes bad tv is For like me, do you remember the moment because i feel like i feel like there's a moment almost akin to finding out santa is fake where you're like oh this show actually this is actually really bad and problematic uh, I think um, as I studied uh, uh, TV writing and was watching a lot yeah. of TV, um, I I saw I remember watching the er, the pilot of Glee and thinking, oh, this is interesting. They want to do election, but a television show. That's very cool. And there's going to be oh. singing. I'm into this. And then I think by like episode seven or eight, I went, what's happening? Mm, why? Yeah. Why are the high school kids doing a commercial? The pilot of me was one oh, you of know the best so pilots. Funny? And I'm sorry, wait. Just, yeah, go ahead. Nadia, when you said, and then there was a point where I was like, wait, what's going on here? And in my mind, I, this is so funny because your next sentence was, why are you doing a commercial? But in my mind, I was picturing them jumping on trampoline on, on the mattress. Oh, on the mattress. Yes. And I was yes. when you when you said that, and then you followed it up with the with that moment. That's so funny because like so yeah, funny. that was a little weird. That, that was weird. And it's like <laughs> episode was. seven, and I yeah, thought, yeah. oh no, oh this thing's gonna go off the rails. And then I think I, I pretty quickly tuned out after maybe a few episodes later, where I went. Okay, I don't know what they're going to do with these kids, uh, but there's there's too many of them now, and uh, Matthew Morrison's being wasted, and all of them just... Wasted? Uh, Interesting. <laughs> wasted in that, like, his role as a character, I think, just became... Uh -huh. to this week's lesson is, and then he would yeah. just write something down mm. on the whiteboard, and then everybody would go off and do adventures. When the pilot sets him up as, you know, if you were going to logline it, it's like uh, a teacher who... Like a high, a high school teacher basically tries to get back to his glory days and recapture yeah. a little bit of his youth yeah. by taking over the high school glee club and making it happen. But like it's supposed to be about him, not necessarily the kids. As yeah, far as see, how it's set up, Mister Shoe sucks. Mister Shoe sucks. Steve, were you were you going to say that you think Glee is one of the best pilots? I think the pilot for Glee is one of the best um, yeah. pilots just ever. 
ever. I think that it's I, done I so well. Yeah. And then I watched the second episode and was very much like, oh, this is not, oh, we're just doing music videos. We just leave reality now. Yeah, that yeah. was not in the pilot. And I only got to episode six when the football team won by dancing to single ladies. Single ladies, uh-huh. And then I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to take a little break for a while. I returned to Glee at the end of season five, when they were all in New York, when I found out that they were doing a mashup of Turkey Lurkey time and let's have a Kiki. Uh-huh, okay. Perfect. And, and, and true point. And yeah. from that episode, I finished the series and was like, well, I guess at some point <laughs> so I'll go funny. back. But like, I knew oh, nothing. Of, I never saw anyone graduate. I don't know. You know, huh. I got there just in time for Rachel Berry to leave her Broadway dream to go on a sitcom that failed. Oh, right. Yeah. Know, Sorry, God, I'm bad. spoiling all of these shows for everyone. Uh, we'll just have to throw in spoiler alerts. Uh, the fact well, that <laughs> it just feels like you going to a restaurant where you like showed up, you ordered a Diet Coke, you for like two hours, and then you came back and were like, I guess I'll have, um, oh, I don't know, the super duper triple charge lava cake. Yeah, this is and- real bad. Um, <laughs> call me when it's worse. <laughs> uh- Nadia, to your, to your uh, Mr. Schuster point, um, I, I think me and Andrew agree in that the show actually we think gets better once they stop focusing on Mr. Schuster. Yeah, this is like, true. I just kind of wish that it hadn't been set up that way because to Steve's point, sure, yeah, the pilot itself but, is pretty good. Yeah, I, f- I feel like they must have realized that at some point writing the first season where they're like, "This is a, we can't base the series around this boring ass white dude who has a Jerry curl. We have to we have to pivot here." Yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, the thing is, he's, he's good at what he does. I mean, if you, I've seen a bootleg of when he was in a revival for South Pacific, a very problematic musical, but a great revival. And I was shocked to realize, oh, Matthew Morrison's really good at what he does. And it felt like none of that was necessarily present uh in the material that they gave him uh but i yeah i guess for me that is what do you guys think is like the high and low point given that glee is probably his most well-known show maybe i don't know that that it's his most yeah yeah, it's not his most highly rated show i think anymore but it has the strongest fan base that's the thing like with the quarantine um people went back and specifically binge watched glee Really? On Netflix. Yeah. Okay. And it became this that that was the reason another reason why we started the podcast is because Ryan Murphy's general shows and critiques and everything blew up on TikTok. And there was this huge TikTok community just like drinking or praising or quoting or lip syncing and all this other shit. So we were like, oh, let's just tap into that market and you know, people mm-hmm. are rediscovering it and we can rediscover it with them on the show. Um and uh just like Gen Z does to everything they discover late. And, you know, that's from anywhere before they were born. They started, you know, picking it apart and dragging him and saying how problematic Shu was as a teacher and how problematic Ryan's different shows are and stuff like that. So um, I don't know where I was going with that point. I kind of just started <laughs> rambling. Um, a real Ryan Murphy move. I think uh, if, it, uh, if it's in the RMU, I think you're delivering a monologue is what you yeah, were just yeah, doing yeah. there, Eric. <laughs> I, I just I kept going. I didn't hear any backing music, go, So I didn't know where to jump in. <laughs> With my with my soul of defying gravity. Um, so it, would we say that maybe the biggest time, biggest low of Glee is the fact that uh, Glee continued? Nevertheless, she persisted. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, think Glee fell in love with those characters, and like it happened. Like 
I think it happens with it happened with Scream Queens too, where it's like, let the kids graduate, let them move on. Like, of course, if you're going to keep all of the high school kids and follow their college stories, which never works out in high school shows anyway, of course, I'm not going to give a shit about these new people. Of course, I don't care about like what that what's her name who's super girl now like fuck that i want to see what's going on in new york i think like and with scream queens it's like oh it's a slasher but nobody dies nobody important dies like i think he just they fall in love and like i think to the detriment of the show they won't be like all right this person's fade out this person's faded out we'll keep this well, I uh, think a- I think what you're hinting at is what what I was gonna say is like my probably low is like the treatment of characters is not consistent, Very and like much. one season Quinn can have this story arc, and then next season the beginning of that uh, totally disregards that, or certain storylines are dropped. So then you as a viewer feel confused and conflicted on like, where is my heart lying? Or like, what did I, what were my emotional peaks last season? And why don't they mean anything now? I think, I think Glee, probably the high of Glee is like, um, even though he does have funny ways, especially within Glee of like representation, I think for me that that was really important at the time. You know, I was coming out as, as Glee's and then there was a coming out story on there and then there was and then Santana came out you know so just having like positive uh gay representation during that sort of time period on like Fox was really important for me as like a baby gay and so that's probably where a large part of my heart lies for that show even though in retrospect I I feel like there's some things where it's like the the shine is not too shiny <laughs> anymore. Sure. But I mean, I think that's, that's a lot of things, though. I mean, when we look back and you find out, people will say, oh, this show, you know, uh, so blah, blah, what a glad award in 1995. And then you go back and watch that thing mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh, I don't know about this. But for the yeah. time and the context of the world we're living in, like it. Uh, yeah, I think it I think. One thing that we can say safely about the entire RMU is that it has made the world uh, just a little gayer in the best way possible. More inclusive. Yes, exactly. It's made more inclusive. It has brought to light a lot of stories. I know you mentioned before, Andrew, this whole, you know, Ryan Murphy's incredibly specific white male uh, gay POV, but there are stories that haven't necessarily been told uh, particularly on say like in in any kind of sort of mainstream way we think about pose it's like and you think about uh it's cast and it's it's writing staff and who's involved in making it it's like this was long overdue and very needed at the same time she straight up killed a guy. Spoiler alert. Like, there's just a dead guy chilling in her closet. And it's like, what the hell is oh, happening? Yeah. Uh-huh. Steve yeah. took Steve a second. He was like, what? I forgot. I mean, because so much happens on so many shows that you do forget <laughs> that there's a body in a closet. By the way, that's based on a true story. Is it? Oh. Um, if any of you guys have seen Paris is Burning, one of the main um, people interviewed in Paris is Burning, they after they died, they did find a body in like a bag in their apartment. Uh, but oh like, they, they don't know, like, I don't think they, I don't think they, um, I think it's a very similar kind of thing where it was like, 
not necessarily a nefarious murder so much as a like, I can't bring this to the authorities. I can't do this without me myself getting in trouble. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I have to just, you know, hide, hide, hide my friend's body here or something like that. Yeah. Ryan was actually in the market for the rights to Paris's burning when Poe's came around. So that's kind of how it became like an amalgamation of like those true stories from Paris is burning with this story from Stephen Canals. I think my, my high, and uh, there's a good answer for you, Andrew, for the highs and lows of Glee. Cause I totally agree with both of those. The lows are definitely when they just like end a character storyline without completion. And that's a, that's a mark of Ryan Murphy throughout, but yeah. it's way more prevalent in Glee than any other show. Like there were storylines that just were like, they were, they were cut out for three days or three episodes and they came back and they were a whole different person. Like the storyline just didn't exist. Um, so those are definitely the lows for me for that for Glee. You know, but what? the highs I, are music, all, music in general. So that's my gay take on that. You know, you can you can you can dust away the the imperfections by letting you know them sing "Happy Days Are Here Again" together. Uh, that's a great <laughs> scene. It's a yeah. great scene. It doesn't do justice to the original, but it is a great scene. Only because in the original, Judy Garland is just high out of her fucking mind. Uh, yeah. You know what? I, <laughs> I'm going to change my answer. I think my high and my low for Glee is just the presence of Kristen Chenoweth. Fair. Whom I love. I love Kristen Chenoweth. <laughs> but like within the context of Glee, it's again, it's a real, uh, 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 okay, sure. I guess I think I think Kristen made I mean Idina's storyline was like again more like it just dropped like she came took yeah. a baby and then like disappeared forever came back hooked up with a student <laughs> and then went away again yeah. so like it was very strange I think Idina's storyline is way more strange than Kristen Chenoweth's storyline hers was much more like an alcoholic who goes back to high school I think and then like, like is in the like Glee club for a day yeah. yeah yeah and then she comes back and she's like you know some rich woman she's like has a music career now um so at least there was some completion there but like Idina Kristen and Gwyneth are like the three that I look at where I'm like how did they agree to do any of this I know I know mm-hmm. so weird because Gwen- Gwyneth was just like she was playing like a wild quirky and now she's married to Brad Falchuk who's who's Ryan's writing partner Right. Yeah. So that makes sense that she stuck around, but um, uh, yeah. I, and then she was also the politician playing a role that. Yeah. She played a role. That's all I'm going to say. She played a role. She played a role. Played a role. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure they just filmed her at her house and she just read lines, but <laughs> she played it pretty much. That's how she feels about the MCU and the RMU. Just yeah, like right, hanging exactly. around there somewhere. She filmed Spider-Man and the politician in the same day in the same outfit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, going back to Nip Tuck for a second, what do we feel like is the high and low there? Because that is it's a seven year run. I mean, there's a lot to be mined and it got like over 50 uh, award nominations. Yeah, it Nip Tuck for its first, I'm going to say 2.75 seasons was genuinely a very good show. And then the wheels, I feel, started to fall off. I think what happens is Ryan Murphy can put together a great pilot. He can flesh it out into a good pitch and oversee that first season. But then he gets, he moves on to his next project and leaves the others in charge who I don't think can replicate the Murphy experience as well. And that's when I think you see like the wheels fall off of all. Yeah, of these that's shows. 100% it. And it's the same thing. Like- I feel like there's like a three season mark 
is like the first three seasons of any Ryan Murphy show are probably going to be good unless the first season is bad. So if the first season is bad, you're probably not even going to see a second or third season, maybe, maybe a second. But if the first three seasons are good, you're probably going to get like a hundred episodes by, you know, by accident. Um, (laughs) That's why like, that's why Pose is done after three seasons. That's why the first three seasons of American Horror Story are categorically the best Um, to most people you ask, they're going to say one of the first three seasons. Um, You just said Nip Talk and, and, you know, all these other shows, but then there's like politician in Hollywood and you're like, well, none of that's good. So like, thank you. I would say for Nip Tuck, it's funny you say that because, yeah, at the third season introduces a, a really um, amazing antagonist in this murderer called the Carver, right? Mm-hmm, the Something Carver. like that. Oh, it was so and, good. And I that, just remember. Oh. oh, my God. I know. And it's it's like a pre it's a precursor in a lot of ways to American Horror Story. I think that and that's probably a highlight. The highlight also is like he's really honing in on his like style. It was very, very stylistic with the music choices and and I guess, I guess the characters in some way I'm really just carvers but then I think the low at that point is they moved from Miami to Los Angeles and the show really changed I mean everyone moved to Los Angeles so I don't know why they did that and then the show got really confusing but I, I mean I finished it I, I can't tell you what happened at the end right yeah I mean because it just becomes and again, like I said, with um, with like Scream Queens, where he wouldn't like, and I get it, like Billy Lord is one of my favorite people added to the RMU, but like, so I get it. You don't want to kill <laughs> off Abigail Breslin and stuff, but like, that's what you kind of set out. That's what this show was supposed to be and what you promised. And I think like he also couldn't say goodbye to Nip Tuck characters because that whole, what was their last name? The McNamara family. Like, yeah. just talk about a cast of characters where by season four, they all all of them hate each other. Like nobody likes each other anymore in this show. And they've show, all slept be- with each other. They've killed yeah. somebody. They've mm-hmm. done plastic surgery. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so there's it's a like, lot of that. You feel like naturally these characters are going to be like, I'm leaving. I don't want anything to do with any of you anymore. <laughs> Goodbye. Just as a human being. But because they're, you know, characters written for a show, they just keep coming back and you keep being like, all right. So this is your third you this is you guys third time together like yeah, it's just, yeah yeah and the and the child neglect is to a comical degree on the duck <laughs> <laughs> what 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 give me one good one one good example of Nip the childhood is, neglect yes because nip tuck is one of the ones that i don't know as much about i think okay. i've only seen a couple episodes okay. here and there i mean I would just say that, like, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything about Nip Tuck, so I would just say, like, a lot of times, like, if you guys watch Mrs. Maisel, you're always kind of wondering, like, where are her kids? What's going to go on with her kids? And throughout Nip Tuck, the question of, like, what about these kids you're ignoring? Like, you do actually get to see the ramifications of when you just abandon your children to fend for themselves. Okay. Um, All right. Um, Let's move into probably the biggest which is american horror story certainly maybe the most enduring of the rmu despite the fact that it's sure. uh you know it's an anthology so it's it's so different each time however enduring in like a fan basey way uh for you guys i know you both mentioned this as like a a, a top fave show for you i don't know for steve like what is it about this what is it about HAS that like really makes you go, yes, this is what I want out of television? 
Well, one thing we kind of talked about earlier is like the rotating cast of actors and actresses that he works with. Mm -hmm. I think that that's like a big appeal for that show specifically to see um, someone play someone so different. Uh, uh, Let me see. Sarah Paulson playing Lana Winters on season two. You know, you know, this like great journalist character who like wants to get the story to turn around the next season to play Cordelia good. Who's like this kind of like whiny witch um, that, that, and then like she disappears for a season and comes back. It's just interesting to like my eyes into like um, the storytelling that they can do with the actors and actresses that come. That's a big appeal to me. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, uh, what have I seen? I st- I tried to watch, Tell me, I I know when I say tell me I'm wrong, I'm like, I know I was wrong to do this. I was like, it's October a couple of years ago. <laughs> Why not start with Roanoke? Oh. oh, that's right. Nadia doesn't like scary. She, she's working on it. She's working up it, to yes, horror. Yeah, Nadia does not like scary. Uh, yeah, Roanoke, I think, is categorically the scariest season. Yeah. And so like, <laughs> yeah, just watching episode one, I went, ha. And then yeah. I just never returned to it. Uh, and then I think at some point I had plans to start 1984 because I was like, this might be more. I probably told you. Uh, yeah, because you probably were like, I'm making you do this. I'm my um, third watch of it. I mean, when you start off with uh, when you tell me you should watch a show, the subtitle is called Murder House. <laughs> me, a complete scaredy cat is going to go. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about the scary ass murder house. <laughs> then I turn into a Scooby-Doo character. But. Uh, for you guys, obviously here, I, I am a burgeoning, a growing horror fan. Everybody here, I assume, is a bigger horror fan. Um, how do we feel like the horror measures up to other horror films and other horror media? I feel like I've seen a good, a good share of horror movies. I'm not not a fan. It's not my first genre to watch. Um, so I wouldn't call myself a big horror fan, but I, I enjoy the horror of American Horror Story. I do feel like after 10 seasons, there's only, you know, so many ways you can creatively kill a person or watch somebody die or, you know, reveal a death. Um, so I give, give him some grace there, but, um, I enjoy the horror. I think Roanoke was super fucking scary. Um, you know, there's obviously campy gory stuff too, as well, but there's also some like legitimately scary moments throughout the series. I think. Is there Andrew and Steve, are there particularly scary moments for you guys or I'm going to, I'm going to call it scamp, scary camp. I think um, I think Asylum uh, was, for me especially, the beginning to end. Roanoke was, was very scary too, but I think just the Asylum of it all and just Sarah Paulson, uh, Lana Banana, her whole story in the Asylum was... Re- like, that was probably... I don't think I've watched Asylum a second time. I thought it was just really dark and just, I don't know. I thought it was, it was too spooky for me. But um, it, it was I, I think really Asylum dark. is the best season. Asylum's yeah. the best I mean, season. I, yeah. I think it's a real, yeah. I mean, the reason I never really want to go back and watch it is because it's so good at doing what it sets out yeah, to yeah. do, which is making me uncomfortable. The whole, the yeah. Chloe Seveny of it all. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I think am, my favorite. I am. Oh, oh no, you go. Okay. Eric. No, no, no. Please go, bitch. 
<laughs> well, thank you. Um, I am a big horror fan. I am subscribed to Shudder. You know, like I, mm-hmm. I like watching horror movies like whenever and on the fly. Um, so I, I guess it's like it's more not like scare scare anymore. What it is more scamp, like you said, these last few seasons. But I do remember Murder House. Me like holding my breath to see like what was going to happen next. and like actually being very terrified by things and kind of the way that it was edited is so just like mind bending and confusing. So um, that was probably the scariest asylum I think is the, is my favorite and the best season, but uh, it's, it's, inc- it's incredibly dark. What happens to those characters? You're just like watching them getting <laughs> tortured by this whole season, which really, I guess spoke to what we were talking about earlier. Then they had a random musical number um to the name game (laughs) the best musical the best murphy Mm -hmm. but like watch watching that in real time was a relief you know to see these characters actually smile and it it was something i never watched the entire season or to see just them dance or whatever it may be and those that was that's a ryan murphy moment that i really liked and where the musical uh shtick that he pulled off he really pulled it off at that point yeah yeah, I agree. That's probably the most well-placed, out-of-place musical number in the RMU. I remember yeah. watching it. Yeah. I was fucked oh, up yeah. by it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nadia, I think you might... Um, one thing you should know, Nadia, about all the American Horror Story seasons, um, and yeah, you guys feel free to tell, um, bring up any other examples. Every season has at least one historical actually happened in America. Not in America. Actually happened in the world thing. Yes, that, this uh, I knew. Okay. About so, just generally. So you've got, in. I won't tell you what seasons, but you've got Anne Frank showing up. You've got the mm-hmm. Black Dahlia showing up. You've got Stevie Nicks showing up. Richard <laughs> Ramirez. You've got Richard Ramirez showing up. It really is like... You you're really gonna you're gonna learn a lot. I think, like, ho- is hotels based at. on hotels based on H H Holmes as well as the the Cecil Hotel. Oh, that's right. Montana. Oh, okay, so it's like, gotcha. It's like a combination of like things where it's like yeah, people die in here from drug overdoses, but also the person who built it kills them in trapdoors and shit. So it's like, um, I think right. overall my my favorite thing about American Horror Story is is the anthology of it all, but for two reasons one because as a writer myself i feel like i love mini series i love you know i love anything pulled from real life i love like a like i'll, I'll watch a john adams hbo mini series no problem give me paul giamatti for nine hours talking about the declaration of independence sure why not um so when he does those little things like when he when he does does a chunk of of a, of a story i think mm-hmm. that's usually the best way to do it and also most conducive to how he is as a writer because then he can do what steve said earlier write this one season here's the arc bring in a few writers to fill in the fluff for episodes and and that's the season you know um so i think that that bodes well for for him overall is doing these anthologies and i just happen to like them as well so well i i think that the last season really kind of brought to light to me like with using historical figures like actual serial killers like there's like uh like a sense of like sexualization of them like Richard Ramirez in 1984 and I actually think that's like um, kind of like a dangerous narrative to put onto television because they're like glorifying and or sexualizing these serial killers 
in, in a way that like makes them cool or makes them the hero when in ways that they don't necessarily deserve it. You know, yeah. I think that that's a, a part that I, I would relax on. I also think that anything in regards to um, mass shootings that he should just like completely stay away from. And it always pisses me off when he does do it. He did it in Glee. He did it in American Horror Story Cult and it, and it premiered right around the same time. It had to be edited. It was, it was a controversy. And those are things that can't just be in like a campy ass show anymore. And he continues to like take that step, which is, um, which is weird. No one has stopped him yet, you know, and, and, yeah. and, and, and touching that. The more I think about like you just triggered in my memory all the times that <laughs> he's done that. And yeah. I just, my brain paused and went, just start like counting slowly. Like how many times is Ryan Murphy? You know, what's funny about tragedy? the, the idea of like sexualizing or, or glorifying these serial killers. I feel like it was the Ted Bundy doc or the Ted Bundy, Zach Efron movie. Yeah, that really brought that mm. to people's attention before Ryan yeah. Murphy, and now they're like, "Oh, Ryan Murphy's been doing that for years too." So I wonder mm. if that's because because we do, you know, on the show as well, we do a moment for each episode where we say, "Not in twenty twenty, Hunty." So each episode, we find a moment where it's like, "Okay, this episode aired in two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Ryan probably wouldn't do that in two thousand twenty." And you're like, "Well, it's Ryan. He does. He still does do those moments." But we have found in watching all the shows chronologically he does do it less now so i feel like he is someone is checking him it's just taking a little while because he still likes to do it learning yeah he's, he's learning <laughs> he's coming in the room being like but why can't i and they're yeah, like now yeah. ryan yeah or maybe he's just he's so busy that like they're like let's let's cut that and see if he yeah knows. like we don't need to do it that <laughs> yeah because at this point i mean currently he's got a ton of stuff in production do you think yeah he is really paying that close of attention maybe maybe not maybe. i don't know maybe he, might, he like, might be that kind of hands-on person right or maybe he just you know they just right before it aired they're just like correct it cut that two minutes just cut it real quick okay 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 play it play it play it great oh whew. we did it gang we did it we avoided we avoided a whole thing about 9 11. um <laughs> it's only I a matter of time before a, yeah I, yeah i honestly i am waiting for american crime story dash 9 11 to be announced and then well he was well, going to do the the uh, me Katrina. too show the, no, the do, Me Too show. Yeah, he was. Where yeah. he was doing oh, an anthology the, series about each like each right. big Me Too scandal. Like that's what? Right. No. But yeah. nobody he, wants that. He needs to stay away from revisionist history. I think that even that's the, his like kind of problematic stance right now. I feel like like the I don't know. Did everyone watch Hollywood? Um, Only up until the credits. But I feel <laughs> I I feel that I got. You got the gist of it. I got the gist. <laughs> at the end, there's like a big choice at the Academy Awards and, you know, a black actress wins. And that is something that like radiates without the, within the universe of that show. But in the way it happened, it seemed like kind of like um, uh, like a tease and in, in that sort of in that sort of way without explaining the universe um, yeah. and kind of disrespectful to the black community, too. And, and especially coming from Ryan Murphy, the, again, a white gay male, like maybe that's not your sort of thing to, to, to talk about at this point. And it was the way that he produced it and the way that that series ended. 
So I think that he's trying to like rewrite things right now um, and, and not doing too well on it. But that's that's what he wants to do. This Netflix uh, Ryan Murphy. Yeah. yeah, he wants to be like, yeah, he I, I think because he's told so many different kinds of stories, he thinks that all stories he thinks he can tell all stories. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, you know, and you can, you know, maybe produce all stories or like, you know, help elevate. I feel you. I feel the position he's in. He could elevate these voices as opposed to slap his name bigger than the show title and then mm. let the let the people who actually have these experience come in and write yeah. it mm-hmm. under the banner of Ryan Murphy is kind of like uh you know. yeah I mean it speaks to a larger problem I think in the entertainment industry in general which is people in the middle of the country don't necessarily know Mr. or Mrs. so and so or whoever uh the person who lived this experience or has something unique and interesting to say what they do know is name they've heard of multiple times based on whatever they remember oh i knew that big time show this is why like every chuck Lorre project keeps getting produced right it's like (laughs) people know oh i remember two and a half men i liked that show okay i'll watch this one right that's like i think there's a general problem with People obviously don't necessarily know the details. I think with the internet, it's obviously much easier and faster to get those details. That said, uh, are people really looking for that? Or are they just like, what do you want to watch? Uh, what's on Netflix? I don't know. Okay, we'll watch this. Like how how many people are doing that versus like going, oh, I'm going to watch this because it's a blank project from so-and-so. So then you end up with people maybe aren't the best candidates to tell a story telling a story and they're getting more credit for telling the story even if maybe they shouldn't because they're not necessarily the right person to tell the story because they're very white because they're very middle-aged because they're very whatever you know fill in whatever you want to here i think that there's plenty of stories that a guy like ryan murphy can tell and should be a part of the rmu and then there's other stuff where i go okay Sure. Maybe just like Steve said, don't slap your name on it. Yeah. Um, but like feud feels like one where I go, yeah, okay. I don't see why he shouldn't. I don't see why that's yeah. not in his wheelhouse. Hey, these old white bitches fighting in the sixties. Sure. Ryan yeah. Murphy's old <laughs> white bitches in the sixties. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sure. <laughs> Same with, um, yeah, he I basically mean- <laughs> is an old white bitch from the fifties. Right <laughs> exactly. <now, so. laughs> uh, do we know? fully what's happening with the Charles Diana feud sequel? Is it just like contracts and deals between FX, Netflix, all that jazz? I will be su- I'll be surprised if we get another season of feud, to be honest. Same. Same. Okay. A-, a lot of like Ryan producing more shows is like networks not wanting to lose Ryan Murphy projects. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're like, we like we we don't want to lose Ryan fully to Netflix, so let's just give him another season of American Horror Story. Let's give him another entire show called American Horror Stories. Let's just add an S to it and give him another show to keep him here so that he's one foot in both doors as opposed to two foot out of ours. I think that is a big part of it from a business standpoint is just nobody wants to lose Ryan Murphy. He is the biggest name in television, hands down, over everybody. Right. Um so I think that's important for the networks and that's why he, he is staying employed. 
and you know me and andrew drag him every episode we have no problem dragging mr murphy <laughs> no, um drag but him a lot. <laughs> in the same in the same token like to what andrew said like it on on um you know marginalized groups very early on in television that's always been his thing and now like as he's transitioning more to you know do, creating other people's stories like stephen canal's doing pose and evan romanski who did ratchet like he's more like finding talent to produce their shows and shows that he vibes with that he can add a ryan murphy flair to he created this project called the half project so half of all the directors for every single one of his shows are female and that and i think he said like after the first two years it's more like 60 to 70 percent of all his shows are directed by females so he does like the pilot and the second episode maybe of the show but most of the other ones are directed by females so i think that's like just like a little just to praise him as we continue yeah. to drag him i think that's important to mention too that no, is, that really is important because i don't see other people uh making those same kind of commitments at his yeah fame level i should but say i yeah. think it's because we've seen him with pose and now like with ratchet him be like a trojan horse for um black and brown voices so it's almost mm -hmm. like okay so you've done this once and with a great success like you can do it that's again. a great way to put it you know, uh, yeah. and that's what I would want from him going forward, too, because the motherfucker wants to talk about it. He wants to talk about it in the way he has these exact same experiences, whether it be a black and brown voice or a woman's voice, too. So it's like, OK, cool. But you got to, like, get your people around you correctly. Like kind of what Nadia was saying, like having the right person tell that story. So, yeah, let's let's have him name slapped on it and then make something that's what i that's what i want from him going forward now yeah 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 that makes which is i think why i think why everybody agrees that pose is one of his best shows is because he has stephen canals who created it janet mock who's one of not just one of the best trans voices in in the trans community as far as writers go but also just like in general one of the best writers in television i think and directors mm -hmm. um and then lady J who is also a trans writer. So I mm -hmm. think he has, I, I think she did transparent writing she as did. well. Um, so he, he, that's like the first show that he stocked in the writer's room with people who should be in the writer's room. And I think it yes, shows. And it makes a big difference. Uh, as far as 911 goes now, I can't speak <laughs> to the writer's room. I'm not sure who's in there, uh, but as a creator and writer and exec producer, how do we feel he's giving voice to uh, being stuck upside down on a roller coaster? <laughs> or uh, <laughs> there was so, another storyline that I can't. Oh, the if, tsunami. You, there was the tidal wave that took away the pier. Santa Monica that's pier. it. That's it. Thank you. Um, yeah. There was the I sex freak who had the snake tied around her neck. Mm hmm. So I uh, think with I think with 911 and this was like this is a show where Andrew and I are even keel, like we've seen the same amount of episodes, I think, um, yeah. which are the first two, I think, or maybe just the first one. I think, so you saw um, the baby in the pipe. Yes, yeah. exactly. Oh, the baby so, in the pipe. <laughs> this is where I think it's a perfect example of a, this was a surprise hit for us. Like of all the shows we watched, this was like the show where we were like, holy shit, like this is surprisingly good. This is not what we thought it would be. So that was exciting to like, discover this like good show but i think the ryan murphy of it all for that is there seem to be some music cues that are pretty like random and like forced in there but also like the unique ways of discovering it is almost like an anthology show it's like this episode we're dealing with this 911 call mm -hmm. so the idea is like this is just american horror stories but just 911 calls 
You know what I mean? That's how I think it. And I think that's why it works as a Ryan Murphy show. And that's his flair. <clears throat> it's like, what are your biggest, what are the, what's the craziest thing 911? You know, that's probably the start of every season's writer's room. What's the craziest call 911 you think gets? And then let's do it. Let's just do them all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Here's a list of all the 911 calls that have been made, uh, ranked by craziness. Everybody take one. That's your episode. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Here's your yeah, it, it becomes <laughs> that Key and Peele sketch about uh, the making of Gremlins 2, where it's just like, there are no bad yeah. ideas and we're going to put every yeah. single one of these ideas <laughs> in here. Well, you know, well, let's have a Gremlin that's uh, that's uh, just pure electricity and, yeah. and it travels through the phones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, yep. that feels like what 911 is to me. Yeah. I watch like a sleeper hit. I think yeah, that but he's somehow good it's at done a, well. He's good at a procedural. I really think that like I was because we would never seen it before. We watched one episode for the show, and I was like, so I want to watch it all all the time. I want to binge that show, but I haven't yet because I want to watch it for our podcast. But it drew me in so fast. Oof. Yeah, I, I would love to see him do now like a Grey's Anatomy nine one one. You know oh, what I mean? Like uh, my word. Ooh, wouldn't that be so good? <laughs> well, is it is it season two of nine one one, the original? Isn't doesn't don't you see more of the hospital? Like, isn't isn't one of them like one of the main characters like a nurse? Um, I haven't I, watched it yet, but I don't th- season two. Um, yeah, I don't, rem- I don't think Maybe I finished not. season two. I know that Connie Britton. Um, I love the idea of Connie Britton showing up for season one of a Ryan Murphy joint and then being <laughs> yeah, like, later, yeah. bros. Yep, Thank you. Go. This was yep. fun. I'm going to get off this bus before it careens into the uh, into the river. Yep. Um, yeah. So it's very possible they do more hospital stuff. But uh, I think I think if he's going to do a, a Grey's Anatomy type show, he's going to just do a Grey's Anatomy show. I think it's going to be set in present day at like a hospital in like L.A. or Miami or, you know, whatever's if- a go to city for him. If there is the RMU, there uh-huh. also is the Shondaland U. Uh-huh. There is the Shonda Rhimes universe uh, with Scandal and Grace, etc. Do we think that there is a world in which much like people will, you know, forever demand there's some sort of Marvel DC mashup? There is a Shonda Rhimes meets Ryan Murphy project. Like how insane would it make any sense would people be able to handle it would the first three minutes just be every possible tragedy occurring before the cold open like what do (laughs) what would that be oh my god that would just be too too many cooks that's just i don't don't imagine like yeah yeah, like annalise keaton with uh fucking whatever character angela sister jude plays (laughs) i know If he did a, a a Grey's Anatomy sort of show, he would definitely cast all of the guys that he cast that look alike to be the doctors, you know? Like get uh-huh. a Matthew Bomber in there or Dylan Rob McDermott. Lowe. Yeah. <laughs> Randomly Rob Lowe. Yeah. Yeah. I think so who do you think if if you're thinking of the main people in the MCU, who are their counterparts in the RMU? Ooh, this is a good question. Um, I'm gonna st- I'm gonna throw that same question back to you guys first, mm. as I'm like rattling okay. off in my head. Tricky, Ooh, okay. tricky, Nadia. I, got, Sorry, I, don't I know, know how to turn I know. Off. I got one. Nadia's putting the guests back in the guest seat. Um, so to answer my own question, um, because I was like thinking <laughs> about it, uh, I would say, I mean, who are the big 
three or got, four in the MCU. We got Iron we got. Man, Spider Man. Uh, yeah, I would say RDJ, Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, ScarJo, right? Yeah. Yeah, Sarah Paulson so, has to be ScarJo. So, well, I think Sarah Paulson's Iron Man. I think Sarah Paulson's RDJ. Captain America. <laughs> well, really, she should be Wanda. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, attributing them to their power within the universe. Uh, as in okay, like okay, as in okay, their, their, okay. their importance to the overall universe okay like if if you took them out of the universe the universe is kind of falls apart in different yep. ways you know what sure, i would say okay. would you guys think that maybe jessica lang would would have been the iron man until she stepped down and sarah paulson claimed that uniform yeah well i yeah. think you might have had a point with like maybe jessica lang is iron man and sarah paulson is captain america because like Captain America is like that old reliable character, you know, and it's like Sarah Paulson, mm-hmm. you can rely on her for that. Yeah. So we agree that Jessica and, and Sarah are Iron Man and Captain America. I'm trying to think of who Leah Michelle is. And uh, well, that's the thing, like Leah Michelle was only in Glee. She's in Screen Queens. Ugh. Yeah, so she. We no longer stand Leah Michelle as much no. as we want to. For no, certain we moments, do not. But, no, um, and nor do we need to. But no. uh, she does. She plays a role. I'm trying to think what that would be. It's an earlier. It's like I don't know, not the Hulk, but it's like. Yeah, it's almost Edward almost Norton is the Hulk. Hulk though. It almost, almost is the Hulk. Almost yeah. Is the Hulk. yeah. Because like, like then she's the like the sweet and scientist, but really now. she's this angry beast that like yeah. yells at you. Yep, yeah. yeah. Leah Michelle's the yeah. Hulk. <laughs> Leah Michelle's the Hulk. <laughs> so then that where does that put Kathy Bates? That makes Kathy Bates the Scarlet Witch. Mm, okay, yeah. so she's our Wanda. She's that Wanda. Make, that tracks for me because she's still around, right? She's still in the show. Yeah, she pops. She comes and goes. Yeah. She's so, like, hey, yeah. she's like, I'm kind of still here. She's been in most of them. 84, yeah. a lot of people took off 1984, which is why yeah. which yeah, is yeah. why I had I really liked the idea of like, you know what? We've gone nuts with apocalypse. Let's scale it down. Yeah. Let's yeah. like have a fresh uh, like I I really appreciated their decision to do that after after Apocalypse. Which speaking of Apocalypse, I think Emma Roberts is probably Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Or, or, Emma or, Roberts uh, oh, no, 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 no. Emma Roberts yeah. is uh is a uh, Black Widow. Yes, yes. Oh, she's okay. the, the Natalie. Uh, no, not Natalie. Yeah. Scarlett, yeah. Evan Peters would be Evan Peters would be Thor. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Exactly. Evan Peters would be Thor. Yeah. Because he's yep. weird. He has that charming <laughs> lightning bolt smile. Yeah. Oh, but then Darren Chris is. is Darren Chris is Hawkeye. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He should be better than Hawkeye, but it might be. Well, he could but be. Um, actually... Darren Chris could be. Um, oh, the Falcon. No, he could be uh, he could be um, Star Lord. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Ooh, In I've that got one. case, yes. Um, Billy Eichner and Leslie Grossman are Groot and Rocket Raccoon. That's perfect. Yes, yes. that is amazing. I don't know which is which, but that's who they are. Yeah, yeah. that honestly, is hundred percent it. Honestly, it doesn't matter which is which because yeah, it's, it does <laughs> that's not. Who they are? It does not. It's probably Billy Eichner's probably Groot because he's in less. Yeah, and yeah, he, and he's taller. <laughs> and where does that leave Billy Porter? Oh yeah, Billy Porter is Nick Fury. That's what I was thinking, but then I'm like, who's the Nick Fury? I feel like there has to be an actual Nick Fury of the universe, which might yeah. be like Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she crosses yeah. all kinds of board, you know. She does, yeah. Borders. 
Remember she showed up in the new normal? (laughs) She just did. She just did. Yeah. Definitely appropriate. Okay. Listen, I don't know if graphic designers that listen to the show, but we need to map. We need these faces on these people. And like, we need a, we need a universal. I need the end game poster. (laughs) The real stylized one. Please. Please. You, you, it's been a year trapped in your home. Give yourself (laughs) a new project. Email us at why do you know that at why, why do you know that pod at gmail.com? And in Uh, the subject, make sure the subject says poster combining Avengers Endgame with stable of Ryan Murphy characters <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. so that we know to read it right away. So it doesn't get yeah. lost yeah. in all the fan mail. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, you know who Dennis O'Hare would probably be Hawkeye and then Billy Porter, Billy Porter, or dare I say, Patty Lapone could be Black Panther. <laughs> could, could Dennis O'Hare be Dr. Strange? Oh yeah. That's a better one. Just because, like, he kind of like yeah. has one. Yeah. He kind of is like around in others, but like has the one moment yeah, yeah. that's like, yeah. oh, mwah. yeah, um, that's a good. The one. best part of Hotel. He's the best part of Hotel. So, okay, my so favorite part of this is my least favorite. But. My favorite part of this is Mark Ruffalo is in uh, 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 the Normal Heart. <laughs> that's good for him. Mm. That's really good for him. That's oh, cool. and Andrew Reynolds is somehow involved. I don't know. He's like an FBI agent or something. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, he could be the guy from Shield. Yeah, yeah. He's he's one of those. He's, he's wait. One who of- did we say Nick Fury was? Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's it. So then we can make we can make we can make Billy Porter Black Panther, and then, yeah. um, Spider Man is who's Spider Man? Because it got it has to be someone likable. Has to be someone young. Oh, it's it's Billy Lord. It's Billy Lord. Yeah. Oh, it is Billy Lord. Yep. Billy Lord is. Yeah. This is all falling into place. Way I hope too someone well. wrote this down. <laughs> Seriously, well, we're actually out. recording it. Uh, yeah, no, we're recording. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, we wrote I, it down with our voices. I'd like to pitch Zachary Quinto for uh, Doctor Strange. Oh yeah, that works good. But he's a what's he been in? He's he was in one and two of Horror Story. He's in Coven, and uh. He was in. He was in Normal Heart. Yeah. He's in Boys in the Band. Oh, the band. oh yeah. Okay. Um, but he's also oh. great in everything he's in. Ryan Murphy wise. Yeah. He could be Hawkeye. I like mm. the idea of Dennis O'Hare being being Doctor uh, Strange. Yeah, yeah, that one actually tracks better. Because Zachary Quinto probably won't. Well, I guess he was just in one, huh? Because they probably won't be back, but and then there's whoever was involved with running with scissors. Oh, Gwyneth Paltrow's in running with scissors. Yeah, <laughs> which right. is to me one of the funnier parts of the RMU. Technically, which is he was the director, writer, and producer of the um, what's Augustine Burroughs memoir, and the fact that he chose that project or was given that project and then ran with it is. It does not necessarily feel like it belongs in the army. It feels like an anomaly. What do you guys think? Yeah. That and Eat, Pray, Love. That was his, I mean, that was one of his first things. And then Eat, Pray, Love, I, that's another person, Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts can be Captain Marvel mm. because she's only around when big things need to go down, like, that's true. like Eat, Pray, Love or The Normal Heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she was attached to his very first script that he wrote. So I don't know if you know this, but this is like probably the most interesting thing about his career and like the most privileged also. He his first ever script he wrote was sold to Steven Spielberg. Was that so um popular? 
No, it was uh, a movie that he wrote that never got made called uh, I Want to Be Audrey Hepburn or something. Yeah. Um, but it was basically about this girl who's obsessed with Audrey Hepburn and like it's an homage to Breakfast at Tiffany's. And at one point, I think Julia Roberts was attached and then Spielberg was going to direct, but it never came to fruition. But that was his first thing. So I think Julia Roberts would have been a big part of the universe. It, I mean, she is. If If only. If only. If only. She should be bigger. She knows what she see. She's a caliber actor who knows which Ryan Murphy roles to choose. That's true. Sarah Paulson's like, I'll do it. Whatever. <laughs> we'll have fun. Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> Sarah's just at home being like, oh, well, I'll just do this thing next week. It's fine. <laughs> Julia's like, I have a schedule. Yeah. I have Bird Box 2 and then nine months of Ryan projects. I don't know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how do we feel about his latest project before we get into future projects? The prom based on a musical starring a star studded cast straight made for Netflix. Uh, yeah. How do we feel? I have nothing to say. I we didn't, didn't watch it. it. We, we will be watching it for the for the podcast, and we were going to watch it. We took like a month off, um, yeah. so we were going to watch it, but then we switched our schedule around. So, and now we're in no rush seeing some of the James Corden clips. So, mm-hmm. God no, but we will I, we will watch it. At some if point. I didn't dis, if I didn't dis, oh yeah, I never liked that guy. So, seeing all that associated with the prom alone, and then probably just like whatever story is going to go down. I have Are no you interest. jealous because it was a Golden Globe nominated role? <laughs> I jealous? No. <laughs> jealous, bitch. I mean, what I did like was seeing his face when they lost. You know, out of all the nominations, Ryan was like visibly pissed. And I'm like, that's exactly what you get. Yeah. 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 It's interesting because I saw the problem on Broadway, uh, a Sunday matinee. And uh, okay. Okay. It's fine. This is back in this is back when you could. And I also couldn't get tickets for Hades Town. Anyway, so I saw (laughs) I like the idea of you saying this is back when you could. Like anyone's listening, being like, did Nadia go to a Broadway show during the pandemic? (laughs) (laughs) When did the prom release? (laughs) I don't don't know that people realized like (laughs) oh, there's so much more to Kelly for. Uh no, I don't think like when I've told people that I've had a few folks be like, oh, I thought it was an original. And I was like, no, no, but it is a recent show. But he, yes. I think he bought the rights very quickly. Yes. Uh, and yeah. I mean, the show itself is definitely a show where I go, you know, m- musicals take a while to go from idea to testing everything out to putting it up as a show. And it's definitely the kind of idea where I go, someone had this idea in 2002 and it just yeah. took forever for it to get from uh, it was like the concept. gay dear Evan Hansen. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so it's like it's good at first, but then you look and, and you're like, oh, maybe not. Which Here's is like Ryan Murphy shows. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why I was so attracted to it. Here's the thing. James Corden's character is like meant to be incredibly out, incredibly flamboyant, etc. The fact that they cast James Corden in that role when there are so many people, as we have already established in the RMU, who could play that part. Uh, kind of sus. Not sure why. 
feels Especially weird. when Ryan Murphy, who we've just been saying, like, to his yeah. credit, does everything Champions he can. Yeah, people. he champions <laughs> this kind of thing. I mean, is it possible that he just thought James Corden was gay? Like, just... <laughs> I think he's not paying um, a lot of attention. Saw carpool karaoke and was like, oh, he knows all those Christina Aguilera songs. He's fine. I think it's it sucks that James Corden has become a worse person in the eyes of people as time went by. Because some of like carpool karaoke, I think, is such a fun idea. And he's so good in that. But outside of that, like I can't stand him. And um I think Ryan put him in just because the movie as a whole is a mixture of big names. I need people who can sing. I need people from Broadway. I need recognizable names like that. I need a big star like Meryl. And then I need to fill in the other roles with no name people who are good. And, you know, the the uh, hairspray effect of the, of it all. Uh, I keep saying of it all because you said it, Steve. And now I'm like, oh, that's part of the, <laughs> the vernacular of, of the it show. all. Of it all, <laughs> bitch. Uh, and, um, yeah, I think that's that's why he brought James Corden. Because like, hey, he did Into the Woods. Like, fine, we'll we'll put him and Meryl together again, you know? But yeah, it and sucks there's also he sucks. And there's also a possibility that like Netflix was like, "Hey, FYI, we're doing this thing with James Corden, so we'd love to plug him in a couple things. Um, we'll give you money if you find a spot for him in the pro-. like, you know, like you never know." Yes, absolutely. Because I feel that they're both in Cats. Another, I feel like Cats and Ryan Murphy, Nadia and I reference all the time on this podcast. But I feel like top brass decision makers in the industry and who make commercials also don't understand that. Like, like I think they think that we, the American public are just wild about rebel Wilson and James Corden. Like they're always showing up in movies and they're (laughs) both in so many commercials. And it's just like, who are the people that are like, Oh, you know, who's gonna, you know, who the people trust to buy noon (laughs) rebel Wilson (laughs) or Keegan, Michael key. Who's also a prom. Yeah. Oh shit. That's so true. So it's so funny because I, when I was a PA, I worked one commercial in my time as a PA and it was a commercial with Keegan, Michael key and rebel Wilson. See my God. Wow. And it was like a trip advisor commercial or something. It's like commercial casting. People are just like, well, they were, Yeah, that's it. But I totally agree with you. I think Netflix does that especially more than anybody because it's like, Oh, let's test this person in your movie to see if we can give them a show. Yeah. Or this Netflix person's in this huge people. movie. Let's give them a show. And then mm-hmm. they try to like include everybody around them is like the auxiliary people from 13 Reasons or from this and that and Noah Santino yeah. or whatever his name is, you know? Yeah. Right. Just like they're trying to they're basically becoming the old Hollywood studio system where they're creating yeah. a studio of their movies and they're using their different actors to put them in to plug them into projects in minor or major roles to see if they sink or float. And then they know if they can create something else off that person later. Yep. Wow. Yep. We so really just James... tore down their whole Judy Garland system over there at Netflix. <laughs> so if James Carden, <laughs> sho- James Corden shows up, <laughs> who we're talking about? Uh, yeah. so, if, uh, so if James if Corden, James shows, Corden up... shows up in a Judy Garland biopic, I'm fucking out, Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> we know what's going We see behind the curtain. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter how many ex Tina songs you know. <laughs> fuck that (laughs) Uh, as far as newer stuff that's coming up whether on a bunch which is going to be on Netflix and some that I think is probably on uh, at least a couple that are on FX we've got American Horror Stories and then we've got uh, Ratchet is still going correct yeah I think they got two seasons 
Uh, and then we have Halston, a chorus line, and Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. Oh, so speaking I would, of yes. glamorizing serial killers. Exactly. Yes, exactly. So I, I would love That's so to funny. hear. I forgot about that. <laughs> that we're gonna get a we're gonna get finally the Jeffrey Dahmer biopic everyone was clamoring yeah. for. Darren yeah. Chris is gonna play Jeffrey Played Dahmer, and it's, and it's gonna, gonna, gonna be so gonna many say. musical. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be so many musical well, numbers. They already did the Jeffrey Dahmer story with Ross Lynch, who's also a little heartthrob. So. Um, yeah, that's interesting. But I obviously, if anyone's going to do the Jeffrey Dahmer story, it's going to be Ryan Murphy. So this uh, is this is predictable, but exactly what we were just talking about in that he's going to glamorize Jeffrey Dahmer, who was who was you know famous. I mean, look look what happened with American Crime Story: the assassination of Johnny Versace. Like I walked into that thinking that it was going to be about Versace, which was actually probably the most interesting parts of that show to me. And then it all, <laughs> and then it was a Darren Chris show all about yeah. Andrew Cunanan, and I was like. How the fuck did this happen? I honestly think Versace is the show I binged the quickest of all Ryan Murphy shows. I mean, they I all, actually blend, really all those episodes Versace. blend into one to me. I liked Versace, but now I'm looking back. I'm like, he tricked me. He glamorized. Yeah. I like Darren Chris. Yeah. I am. Have you guys seen? I mean, the cast for the impeachment American crime story looked like um, mm, Beanie mm-hmm. Feldstein as Monica Lewinsky, Betty Gilpin as Ann Coulter. Like, I can't wait. Yeah, um, so good. Uh, they just didn't. Who did they cast as Hillary? Oh, Hedy Falco is Hillary Clinton. Like, yes, yes. there's just going to be people versus OJ level. Like, I feel when Ryan Murphy is stuck to true life a little bit more like OJ. Mm. And even though it didn't really focus on Versace, but I feel when he kind of like the premise of the show is to tell a real story that really happened and he can't like throw in the name game or like aliens, it tends to be more cohesive. So I'm really excited for that. Yeah, exactly. When he can't like deviate too far from what happened in real yeah. life without like losing the mark. When he can't have Gabourey like, Sidibe have sex yeah. with a minotaur, he's just yeah. like, all right, fine. <laughs> what really happened in the world? Yeah, exactly. I'm so excited for impeachment. Um, yeah, that's good. That's going to be great. Me too. Uh, do you, what do you guys predict will be highs and lows for these upcoming projects? Cause I feel like something like Halston Oof. is like right in his wheelhouse. It's like, okay, we're yeah. going to do, we're going to do fashion in the seventies and there's going to be some big giant studio 54 scene that we did not need, but and it's you and McGregor universe. Oh yes. Uh, a new so entry. Yeah. And, and we love you and mm-hmm. Uh, and the same with chorus line, like both of those to me feel like, okay, these are the stories. Although what does he do with chorus line? Like, it's just, we're going to do, I think it's the movie, but a mini series. Oh, so they're going to do one person per episode. Is Maybe. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, hopefully they're okay. blowing it out and, and building the characters. Cause I feel like yeah, the chorus line not? isn't really. Yeah. That's one where I'd like to see him like, kind of like uh, adding haunting good story of, only yeah. will make it better. Yeah, like how yeah. Haunting of Hill House kind of took that on Netflix and was like, we're using it, but also we're going to do a whole bunch of other stuff. I feel like. Yeah, exactly. I read the book after I watched the first season of Haunting of Hill House. And I was like, oh, this is just. What is this book? <laughs> this is not it. This is a different story. I got the wrong book. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Borders, you sold me the wrong That's book. That's so funny. I finished it, but I was like, wow, there were some, there were like jump moments that were the same. But I was like, this is like a basically different story. Um. Yeah. What do you guys think are going to be the lows though of these projects or what, what do you think are going to be those Ryan moments that like it or oh, not man. just make you go, um, here we go again. 
I hope well, I mean, that obviously, American Horror Story is actually good. You know, like, I hope, like, maybe we can get some nice fan favorite characters and then just give them a, an episode and maybe yeah. it builds to the mythology of that season or how that show in particular is all connected. Because why um, not? Yeah. yeah, that's like, that would be the whole point of it to me. Um, I'm a yeah, little... I'm a little nervous about horror stories because if it's all self-contained in one episode and so the creative team doesn't have to like worry about paying stuff off or like following up yeah. on stuff, they can really just go crazy. Like, um, uh, and, and I'm excited. I think that could go, that could go either way. Well, I, I just, think that's also yeah. good. Why it's on, on FXX or on Hulu is there's no time constraint. So that it doesn't have to be cut down to 42 right. minutes. So some episodes might be an hour and a half. You know, like some episodes basically might be a scary movie, um, which is basically, I think, what he's trying to do, which so I, I think it's going to be hard to fuck up, especially if you're going to 13 and, and seven, you know, hit the mark. It's going to be like basically uh, Twilight Zone, which, you know, wasn't great second season. I don't know if you guys saw the second season. Uh, but I, I, I think with the Monica Lewinsky thing, it's like, um, does he show the blowjob scene? Oh yeah, how sexy you know, is that? Like how do how do we handle this? Because like, you know, um, I'm sure he donated to Clinton and shit. Um, like how how tasteful he's going to be about it? Like, because Monica is part of the, which is great. Like he brought in Monica Lewinsky to be a producer on the show. Yeah, which mm. is cool. You know what I mean? So like, she's yeah. there to like say no, this didn't happen, or no, I don't want to show that this happened. Um, so I think that's going to be an interesting dynamic because he didn't obviously do that with Nicole Brown Simpson or Ron's family on, you know, OJ. So I wonder how much that will change the story. But I trust the talent that he's bringing for this show. Like, come on. No, it's going to be good. Adding Beanie to the world. Yeah. I mean, as soon as I saw that casting and just knowing yeah, that Sarah Paulson would be in it, it was just, yeah, it's great. She's great. I'm hoping that Beanie, this is like my bold Ryan Murphy future prediction is I hope that Beanie I hope that Ryan buys the rights to Funny Girl and Beanie Feldstein plays Barbara. Ooh, that's good. Ooh. Yeah. That is something to manifest. Yeah. I think, that's, I think that's what we need to see. Um, and uh, I, I would, you know, I would take like a, a Matt Bomer as like the other character, right? Or someone like, like you could throw one of your, one of your favorite white boys. Yeah. Oh, Ryan Murphy maybe. loves his, what loves his, um, God, Wes. Uh, Wes, American Beauty, like all the hotel had had all of them. They had yeah, Matt, they had, they had Wes, oh yeah, uh, yeah, Finn Whitrock, like Finn Whitrock, yeah. all the yeah. guys. Yeah, he loved yep. he loves his he loves his sexy brunette man. Yeah, yeah, he had that guy in Hollywood too. Who's that guy? Corn oh, Sweat, David Corn Sweat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oof. same one. I love him though. <laughs> Um, if you guys had to convince somebody who maybe hasn't seen any of these shows, who just like has been under a rock or was like, I got to get through everything on HBO and now I can get through everything that's Ryan Murphy. They need something new to watch. Where would you tell them to start? How, how do you get into the RMU? What's like the, the first thing you would tell somebody to do to enter the RMU and just get ready for a roller coaster? Depending on their scary level, I would say first, I would immediately say American Horror Story season three coven. Mm -hmm. I think that that's probably like the most um, widespread interest. 
and it has as a witch's story which we're all used to kind of consuming already and then maybe scream queens but if they're not like in that sort of like can't be gay i would probably push them to american crime story or 911 gotcha. i mean it's hard because that's like i feel like every show is a different person <laughs> i mean yeah want, yeah no if you exactly. want a different like if you're like i want to watch I want to watch Ryan Murphy universe shows. And I'm like, all right, start with nip talk and just move, go from there. You know, like mm-hmm. if you're like, I want to watch one of Ryan Murphy's shows, I would ask like what your taste is. You know, if you were into horror, then start with American horror story. If you're into campy musicals, start with Glee. If you're into real stuff, start with OJ or feud. Um, yeah. I if do love, gay, I, I love that around. your version is just like, go chronological. You can't go wrong yeah. chronological. <laughs> I mean, yeah, figure it out, like, you know, because I don't know what your taste is going to be. If you if you want to watch the RMU, you know, start with you could probably skip popular. You could probably skip the, uh, the new normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably skip politician or Hollywood. I mean, unless you really want to see uh, 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 what's his face uh, from politician. Um, oh, Ben, ben Platt. Platt. Yes. Yeah, so unless you want to see Ben Platt really belt one out at a funeral. Yeah, <laughs> Which, I want to hear Ben Platt sing "River." I'd rather see a Patty Lupone belted out at an AIDS benefit. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> or in the hospital. while she while she uh, while she shuts down a nail salon. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Wilson, Angela, thank you so much for coming on. Why do you know that? Thank Absolutely. you. Thank you for uh, having us. This was fun. Of Glad course. we can ramble and not have to worry about editing it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> that's honestly I, same that's <laughs> yeah. this time. Uh, <laughs> is there anything that you guys would like to plug at this time uh yeah you could check out our podcast it's called the ryan murphy project it's on spotify apple all those places you get podcasts we're on instagram at the ryan murphy project uh as well um and uh yeah we have 25 episodes out now um the last one we just did was the ratchet pilot so every show that he's done We've recorded at least the pilot of so far, and, and we're just about to start back up on popular. And where can people find you guys individually online? Oh, so you can follow me. I guess my my only so I've done a thing and I've deleted all my social media, but Instagram. So um, you can find me at Jim Leader Leon on Instagram. And I am at I hate Eric Wilson on Instagram and Twitter. So. Oh. <laughs> it's not not as sad as it sounds i promise hey everybody thanks for listening if you like what you heard tell everyone you know every way you know how remember to subscribe rate and review and be sure to go back and listen to our older episodes if you missed them we talked about some weird stuff and be sure to follow us on instagram at why do you know that pod or on Twitter at Why Do You Know Pod. They're different. And if you've got questions, comments, concerns, whatever, be sure to email us at Why Do You Know That Pod at gmail.com. Let's do this again sometime. Uh-huh.